podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Justin Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Greg Allen. Greg, how are you? Doing all right. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I know you guys just started your guys' season uh, with the Rail Riders. So how's that been going? I know you guys are, what, like 5-1, and 6-1 and one now? Yeah, 5-1 and one so far. Um, had a six-game series to start the season um, in Syracuse against the Syracuse Mets. Uh, but I think it was just nice for guys just to, you know, finally have some competitive baseball back. Um, obviously, with COVID and the, the way that things went last year, um, there wasn't a minor league season at all. So um, I think it's good for the teams and the players just to be, able to be out there, um, just, again, to have some competitive baseball. Do you guys like that, those, like, six-game series? I know they're all kind of, like, <laughs> longer series, so it's, it's more of a grind than it might have been in previous seasons. It's different. Yeah. Um, obviously trying to limit travel uh, due to the pandemic. So um, now we're playing five, if not six game series, uh, which means there's a lot of turnover. I mean, uh, I think, you know, we, we saw a lot of the same pitchers, um, saw the, you know, the same starters a couple of times. So um, it can be good or bad, you know, if you're having a good series and, you know, you're seeing the ball well and things are going your way, it can be a good thing. And uh, if they have your number and are pitching you well, then, you know, things could, things can go the other way. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you guys put up, what, like 14 runs or 15 runs last night. So, like, when you guys have a pitcher in the first game, say it's like a six-game series, you're going to see him again. Are you guys just licking your chops uh, by the time that sixth game rolls around? Um, I mean, it just depends. Uh, you know, hitters are trying to make adjustments, but, you know, their pitching staff and their pitchers are trying to do the same. So, it's a little bit of cat and mouse um, and just trying to, you know, really kind of see who comes out on top. Mm-hmm. And, I mean – you guys are absolutely loaded. I know Luke Boyd's down there right now on his rehab assignment. Um, I don't know if he should be coming up to the Major League squad here in the next few days, um, I would assume. But do you guys realize that you guys might not be together all that long, just given, I mean, the amount of talent you guys have and the amount of call-ups and um, options and, and things of that nature just with the MLB? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, once you make it to – at least a triple-A level, um, you understand that things can happen quickly. Um, there's a lot of movement both up and down, um, whether it's pitchers or position players, um, depending on what that major league team needs. So uh, you try and do the best you can and enjoy the team that you have in the moment. Um, like you said, I think you have a pretty talented group. Um, definitely has some offensive firepower in there, which is fun to be around. But um, you also understand that, you know, there's a bigger picture at hand. Um, and for most guys, that's making it to the major league level. Mm -hmm. And you've, I mean, you've moved around a lot within the last year. So how do you approach being in a new situation, whether it be with San Diego or, or now with the Yankees? I think you just try and do all you can to kind of take in your environment. Um, uh, you know, we can be in the moment and, and, and try and find ways to help your team win. Uh, you know, whether it's with one organization or one team or at one level or at a different level. Um, I think, you know, the more that you can, you know, get yourself in, in the habit and routine of just doing things to help the team win, um, the, the, the more productive you become yourself, um, the better teammate you are, um, and the more fun you have. Mm-hmm. And how much do you learn from each teammate or, or coaches at each new team or new level? There's lots to learn, um, you know, uh, and that's, that's, you know, I think one of the benefits, too. Um, now having the experience of being with multiple organizations and teams is 
um, everyone kind of comes to and approaches the game with a little bit of a, a, a different perspective. So, um, you know, the one, you know, the, the way that one player, one coach might talk about hitting or defense or base running uh, might differ a little than the way that somebody else talks from it. So having the chance to uh, kind of broaden my horizons um, um, and just kind of, again, just be exposed to just different ways to think um, and different ways to approach the game has been awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you were drafted by the Indians, obviously, and then you spent like six or seven years with them. What was it like to learn that you'd been traded from them and kind of had to uproot your life and um, go to a whole different area, even though um, you are from San Diego? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of emotions that surround that. It's a little bittersweet for sure. Things are happening so quickly, uh, to be honest. Um, At the time I was traded, we were on the road in Kansas City. Um, So I went from waking up that morning, planning on being at, you know, the, the, the ballpark in Kansas City to taking an evening flight back to Cleveland, packing my stuff up that night, and then taking another flight from Cleveland to San Diego that next morning. So in a matter of about 36 hours, um, I was in about three different states. So, but once the dust had a chance to settle, um, again, you know, you're, you're definitely thankful for the time that you did spend. And for me, my time that I, I, I did spend with the Indians. Um, and then you try and like, you know, just, just do the best you can to look forward um, and, and, and appreciate the moment that you have um, to make an impact with that new team. How do you look back on your time in, um, in Cleveland? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Obviously definitely grateful um, for the Indians organization for, you know, giving me, um, you know, my first opportunity in pro ball and at the major league level. Um, I, I made so many great friends and connections and, and, and people who have influenced me um, um, uh, in an in incredible amount. So, um, forever indebted to them um, and definitely the city itself, having the chance to experience Cleveland, being at the magic level, um, having the opportunity to you know be a part of some pretty incredible teams. Um, wasn't on that World Series team in 2016, but um, had the opportunity to be a part of the team in 2017, um, being a part of a, you know, a 22 game win streak and, 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 and things of that nature. Um, you definitely look back on it uh, with uh, with you know some a, a lot of happiness, a lot of joy, and then more than anything, just appreciation. Mm-hmm. And that twenty two game win streak, I mean, in Major League Baseball, that's insane. I mean, in yeah. any sport, that's insane. <laughs> but like, yeah. when you guys start getting to that like uh, fifth or sixth game, like, how much do your guys' confidence grow? A, a, a huge amount. Um, and more than anything, I think it was just the, uh, the style and the caliber in which we were kind of winning games at that time. Um, I think when I first was called up, I think we we're probably, you know, just at the beginning of it, maybe four or five games in, like you said, but um, it seemed like, you know, we were able to get contributions across the board. Uh, we weren't having to rely on any one player. Um, and, and when you're able to have, you know, consistent contributions uh, from both your defense and your pitching staff and your offense, um, it makes it extremely fun. Uh, I think there was really no, you know, we always felt like we were in the game and even if we were down, we felt like we had a chance to win. So um, that, that was uh, that was definitely a fun group to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, also how fun was it to be with, be with guys like Francisco Lindor and um, Corey Kluber and Jose Ramirez and, and guys like that, how much you learned from them? It was incredible. Um, again, just, not only watching, you know, what those players are able to do on the field with their skill set, um, but also watching their preparation, uh, the way that they 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 prepared themselves um, day in and day out, um, their routines, their habits, the things that you know behind the 
behind the scenes, no one probably would uh, be very aware of. Um, but um, it's obviously what's what's helped make them the players that they are today. And I think, again, just seeing the consistency uh, of the way that they went about things and their professionality, um, um, that was something I was able to take with me for sure. Mm-hmm. And when you get to those new levels, whether it be AAA, throughout your career, really, um, how difficult is it for you to get there and kind of understand your role? Because you're kind of, I mean, obviously you're the, the top guy in high school and then you're one of the top few players in college. And then you get to the MLB or the minor leagues and you're kind of a small fish in a big pond. So how do you kind of navigate that? You know, that's, uh, I think that's part of the adjustments and, and, and you know, the, the, the changes that some players have to go through and make, um, at least with their mindset uh, on on how they're going to approach things. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, you're, you're, as you get closer to the top, um, you know, that percentage, you know, grows, you know, even smaller. And not only that, you're playing against some of the best in the world. Um, so your margin of error decreases and you really have to be at the top of your game. Um, but again, it's, 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 I think, understanding your tools, um, your assets, the things that make you um, the kind of player that you are, uh, things that have helped you get to the place that, you know, you've, you've gotten to. Um, but then also understanding the team dynamic, um, how you fit in, um, um, where it is, you know, the team has a need and how you can best help that. Um, I think it's, 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 it's definitely easy uh, to kind of, you know, lose sight of those things or um, have, you know, a narrow mindset and be kind of, you know, solely focused on, you know, your numbers or what you're doing or, you know, what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more you can make it about, again, the broader picture um, and kind of make it holistic and, and, and just different ways to affect and, you know, impact the game. Um, I think you'll find uh, most players find that they'll end up being where they want to be personally uh, when, 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 you know, that's their priority. Mm-hmm. And would there be any advice that you could give to younger guys that are maybe just drafted or in the lower levels of the minor leagues for how to be a professional? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you know, more than anything, uh, their mentality and their attitude is definitely going to be tested. Uh, the game of baseball is incredibly indicative of that just with, you know, hitting alone, uh, you know, you're considered successful. Everybody's heard it. You know, if you succeed three out of 10 times, the best in the world are. Um, so it's, it's, I think, how you approach failure or if not failure, how you deal with obstacles that are going to come up. Um, cause baseball, uh, can, can humble us, you know, in, in, you know, the, the, the deepest of ways sometimes. So, um, I think it's, it's, it's maintaining that passion that a lot of us grew up with the fun of just playing the game and competing. Um, but also understanding that, you know, there are going to be times where you may not, you know, meet the standards that, that you set for yourself, but to not let that be a deterrent to instead let that motivate you, let that push you, let that be the reason um, you work a little bit harder. You, you, you know, you run a little bit faster. Um, you do things the right way in, in order to get yourself to that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I played baseball in high school. Obviously I didn't play at the level you're at, but um, I mean, those, you get some stretches where you're like over 18 and you're yeah. hitting the ball on the button. It's just not going into the like hit it hit it where they ain't um yeah. and that's just not happening and then you get times where like I mean even John Carlos Stanton this year started off the year batting like a buck 50 now he's hitting close yeah. to 300 hitting piss missiles every other at bat exactly. um, <laughs> how do you how do you like when you're in those stretches of of struggling hitting wise um how do you snap yourself out of those 
Yeah, I think a lot of times it's getting back to the basics, um, understanding that, especially over the course of the season, uh, it's more of a marathon than it is a sprint. Um, you're going to have, you know, like you said, hot stretches. You're going to have stretches where things fall just really isn't falling your way. Um, and I think it's probably how you navigate that in-between space that's going to make the difference. Um, but, you know, again, in my experience, um, a lot of the times we can tend to overthink things in times where it's not going well. Um, not that there aren't adjustments that may need to be made, but most times you can get yourself back on track by, again, just remembering, you know, some of the key fundamentals, um, slowing the game down, simplifying instead of trying to overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, so kind of going, going back to this season, uh, what are the differences in the protocols that you guys have to go through? Um, just, I mean, last year, obviously there's no fans at all. Now there's limited amount of fans and I'm assuming the testing and kind of things of things of that nature are a little, a little bit more relaxed, but still kind of tight. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, it's similar to the way that things went um, last year at the MLB level um, with the COVID protocol. Um, uh, the, the difference this year is that, you know, some teams and players have had access to the vaccine, um, which is, which has helped to relax some of the protocols. Uh, obviously they're still encouraging us to um, behave and operate with, you know, extreme caution, you know, whether it's how we interact with each other uh, while we're on the field, while we're in the weight room, things of that nature, obviously outside of the field, um, the way that we're con uh, conducting ourselves. So, uh, but with the vaccine, well, that has helped, uh, has helped to alleviate, you know, you know, how, how intense some of the protocols, you know, are or can be, um, you know, but again, you know, we're, we're, we're they're, they're doing things uh, with our safety in mind. And, uh, and, and that's something that we have to be mindful and aware of as much as we love the game of baseball, we love having fans in the stands. Um, it's only possible for you to, you know, to, to do it in a safe manner. Mm -hmm. And were there any aspects that were either easier or harder with, with no fans in the stands last year? Um, it definitely changed the atmosphere without a doubt. Um, whether you were at home or on the road, um, and I think it was, uh, you know, something that probably took a lot of us some getting used to, um, even though, you know, those cardboard cutouts did the best they could to kind of replicate fans in the stands. It definitely wasn't the same. Um, the energy wasn't quite the same. So um, I think we're all glad to have the fans back, um, even when we're on the road and being heckled by half of them. Um, again, it, it's, it's just part of that atmosphere and part of that competitive nature and the dynamic of sports. Mm hmm. And I was going to say, especially for you, you're in the outfield. So, I mean, you probably get heckled a lot. How much does that happen when there are fans in the stands? Um, quite a bit. Uh, you know, each each fan base is, is a little different. Um, and depending on what team you're on, obviously there's, you know, rivalries in baseball that might be a little more heated than, you know, your average series. So, um, again, just kind of depending on where you're at, what team you're with, uh, you could definitely get quite a bit. And especially if you're, you know, playing on the road against a team that has a strong fan base, you're definitely going to hear it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Were there any teams or fan bases that um, went harder on you or your teammates or anything like that? And then were there some that were more playful, not as not as ruthless? Yeah. Um, and it's funny now because you know, I had a chance to be on the other side of it playing against the Yankees. But um, being in New York, they they are they. <laughs> They are intense, you know, 
Um, it's it's something that you're aware of even before a series starts, um, whether it's your first series or you've been there multiple times, you know um, that it's going to be an intense environment. Uh, they rally behind their guys extremely well, and um, they're going to let the opposing team know that yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of do anything they can and make you uncomfortable. And, 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 and that's what they do. Uh, so New York was definitely uh, probably one of the tougher places to play in, um, you know, being the visiting team. Uh, but there's a variety of others uh, where, you know, most fans, even in New York, there's, there's fans that'll be playful and, 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 you know, there's kind of a back and forth banner. And if you have the chance to interact as a player, you, you try and do that um, while still, again, trying to be focused on the game. Mm -hmm. um, and then that first game back this year, how, how nice was it? What was that feeling like, feeling like of finally competing in front of fans again? It was great. It was great. Um, you know, kind of had a small taste of it in spring training. Mm -hmm. um, we were playing games and fans were there. But but again, you know, having a chance to now kind of start, you know, this or our our regular season um, and to have fans there. Um, and again, I think I'm looking you know, forward to it even more, um, you know, being home this next week and have the chance to be in front of the in front of the Scranton fan base. Um, I think it's just something that the game is missed. Um, and, and I know us as players, we enjoy um, having the chance to perform and, 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 and play in front of our fans. Mm -hmm. And kind of going back to the, the New York Yankees fan base. I mean, they were ruthless to the Astros the other day. That <laughs> whole series. I mean, the first game, especially that was, I, I mean, I have, I have a couple of friends that are Astros fans and they were so upset about what was being said and all that stuff. But I was like, hey, yeah, <laughs> but it is. Um, what is there like a, a common mindset, I guess, or opinion amongst players about that whole Astros situation? I mean, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, obviously I wasn't on a team that was di directly involved, but, you know, there's a uh, you know, there's definitely um, opinions on both sides. Um, and I think now that, you know, we're a couple years removed, um, you know, there's there's definitely still some some very strong sentiments about it. Um, and people are, are going to voice those, you know, whether, you know, you're on one side of the fence or the other. Um, I think that's the way that that it goes and people are entitled to their opinion. Mm -hmm. And then kind of going to a broader scope of baseball. Um, how much do you watch of of other teams throughout the season? Because I know you're I mean, obviously, it's a 162 game grind um, for yourself. A decent amount when I can, um, whether, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the hotel, you know, before or after games or, you know, usually we'll have games on in the clubhouse um, while we're getting ready for one. So um, you definitely watch a decent amount. Uh, it's funny, you know, I think we were so we were getting ready for a game in in, in Syracuse um, when, uh, you know, John Means was on the brink of his no hitter. Mm -hmm. um, so the, on their phones there and we we're all, you know, just taking a look at it because, I think for the majority of us, we're all very much still fans of the game. You know, you know, we're doing our best to play at the highest level, but we still appreciate the game for what it is. So um, there's definitely, you know, a lot of times where, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to keep up or, you know, keep track when we can. Mm -hmm. And since you've been drafted, have you seen any changes in, in how the game is played and, and where it's going? Obviously, there's a lot more home runs, a lot more strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, that's just the I think that's the nature of, of the modern age and technology. You know, we have access to so many things now, um, whether it's training methods and the way that you can go about it, the things that you can look at, the metrics, how to best, you know, uh, 
get the most out of your body or get the most out of, you know, your swing or your pitches or, or, or things of that nature. Um, um, the game is becoming, you know, extremely competitive, you know, and I, I think I can, you can see it even more at the younger ages, you know, you know, our kids are also having access to these things. And, you know, we're seeing some of the probably, you know, best young players that, you know, we, we, we will probably see going forward um, just because of, of, again, the information that they have and, 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 and the access that they have to these things. So um, it's something that's fun, to, fun, fun to be a part of, uh, fun to watch um um and and kind of see where it goes mm-hmm. and like when i'm watching games every time there's a home run it's always all right let's let's look at the stat cast and see the exit velocity and and um i guess hang time um do you guys even think about that like when you see a home run go out you're like oh i wonder how how hard that one was hit or is that just like is that- honest, yeah it's like one of the first questions those guys ask <laughs> the ball hit really wonder how fast that one was just because um you know there's there's especially depending on like who hits it like you mentioned we had Lou Voigt we have a couple a couple other guys on our team who can do some real damage um you know they have tremendous power so when they get a ball you're always curious you know how fast they hit it uh just 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 because it's kind of that all factor um and again guys are you know the one percent of the one percent and are 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 able to do things that most people just can't um so when it does happen you know you're always a little curious and 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 again just you know kind of you know appreciative of 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 what they're able to do Mm -hmm. uh the other day i I forget which game it was but sean carlos stan hit a home run and and they were like david Cohn was like oh michael guess guess how hard that one was hit and they were, I guess, like 120 or something like that. He goes, oh, no, it's only 110. Like, <laughs> the low level for him just because he's such a – I mean, he's an animal. <laughs> he's a specimen. But Yeah, some guys set that standard. And like you mentioned, I think – so we have a guy on our AAA team right now, Chris Gittens, mm-hmm. um, who is similar in the fact that he can, you know, produce a ton of power and his exit velos are usually through the roof. Um, so I think it's kind of a, a similar situation. I think just yesterday, I think he hit a ball or the game before he had, he had hit a ball for an out, a line drive. Um, and, and, you know, they asked him like how, how hard it was, or he, he had asked. And I think the guy said like 104 or like something like that. He was like, ah, you know, pretty much let's make it average, you know, 110, he hit balls, 115, 116. So for one guy, 104, you know, you're completely excited about that. But for him, probably like John Carlos did, you know, even though they've, they've kind of set that bar so high, you know, that even, you know, a, a metric like that, you know, doesn't, 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 doesn't quite do him justice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, continuing with this, in the last few years, we've kind of seen a wave of players expressing themselves more and showing more emotion on the field. Um, and then there's also been kind of like, like draw not drawbacks but like criticisms of those players um what would you say to those people who criticize guys like like tim anderson or uh trevor bauer who are kind of the most most notable ones who do that i mean yeah again everyone uh, is entitled to their opinion um and that's the beauty of things um some people like it some people um, some people uh you know the traditionalists might want things to be a little more tr- traditional um as far as um, the way that players go about it, the showing emotion, the passion, things of that nature. And 
um, the new age, you know, fans or the new age baseball players, you know, might, might, might be okay uh, with, uh, with being able to, um, again, just, just kind of showcase their emotion and the work that they put in and things of that nature. So um, I definitely understand both sides. I get it. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's probably a balance and, you know, definitely a, 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 probably a line drawn between, you know, what's, what's, you know, a credible amount of emotion is shown and what's too much. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's probably a, a personal choice, you know, you know, how guys want to go about that, whether you're a fan or a player yourself. So um, I think as long as you're, you know, doing things to enjoy the game and playing it right. Um, and again, you know, you know, not showing or showing that emotion for the right reasons. I think that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. I know, I know, like Jose Bautista hit that home run. I think it was against the Rangers in the playoffs, and that kind of started everything. And like, if I was a fan of the Blue Jays, I'd be super pumped up. But if I was a fan of the Rangers, I'd be upset. But I know there is kind of give and take um, with just involving all those things. Without a doubt, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're running close to time, but the last few things I want to ask you um, is. Who's the best player that you ever played with? Oh man, <laughs> goodness, um, that's tough. You know, I think I've, I've seen. You know, I've had. You know, I think I've been fortunate to be around a handful of guys that have been phenomenal talents. Um, probably one of the the guys that I, I learned the most from. Um, um, well, there's probably a few, but. Uh, just in terms of consistency and I think professionalism and just the way that he went about it um, as I was coming up and having, having the chance to, you know, play alongside him for a couple of years in Cleveland um, was probably like Michael Brantley, um, you know, just, just, just the way that he went about his work again uh, uh, and, and just being able to be out there on the field uh, where there was on the bench or in the field plan, you know, just watching him go over, Go about it, uh, working through some adversity with injuries, and 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 you know just the kind of caliber person and player that he was. Um, I think uh, there was a lot of things that um, I learned and that he taught me, and you know things that you know even just from being around him uh, um, that I'll I'll be able to take with me and hopefully try and utilize in my own game. Mm, yeah, I mean, Brantley's such a, I mean, he's a great dude both on and off the field, and then I mean, obviously incredible player. Um, I know that pool is, is pretty big of, amongst players that you've played with, but even bigger is the players that you've played against. Is there like one or two that stand out as the best that you've ever played against? Um, I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's, again, you know, at this level, you can, you can catch guys in certain windows of time where they just almost seem, un, you know, un, unstoppable. Um, you know, it, it was always, you know, great to have a chance to play against, you know, like Mike Trout, guys like that. Um, I think there was a point in time we were playing the Red Sox and there was a, a, a home series. I think we had them for about three or four games, but there was a stretch in time in that series where I'm pretty sure uh, Rafael Devers went like eight for eight or like nine for, you know, nine at one point in that series over the course of the three or four games. And again, just when you when you're on the other side of that, watching these guys go about it, understanding how hard it is to even, you know, accomplish some of those feats and watching them do it. Um, you know, you try not to be in a state of awe, but at, but at the same time, you, know, you can just have to appreciate um, those kind of accomplishments because, um, you know, it, it takes an extraordinary amount of skill and talent um, and focus 
to be able to do some of those things. So again, there's, there's a handful of guys that I could probably name, but um, I think that is one of the, the beauties of playing at that major league level um, is that at any one given day, um, you can run into a guy who can do something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And then last one I have for you is, is there a pitcher that was toughest to face against or to hit against, I should say? I mean, I probably shouldn't say this just in case I ever have to, you know, face that person. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's, there's up and down, like I said, just like with the position players, the, the arms that the game is saying now, um, I think there's no surprise. And, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's uh, not anything crazy that you're putting up the numbers and some of the stats that they are, um, you know, facing Garrett Cole for the first times and obviously now being in the same organization thankfully uh don't have to be on that out of that anymore um he was always someone who you had to bring your a game against um and there was other guys even going back to that actually you know that astros rotation um charlie morton was one who facing him especially when he was on was tough he was long lengthy could get down the mound I'm pretty sure I'm probably 0 for whatever amount of at-bats I have against them with a majority of strikeouts. So I didn't, you know, always fare too well. But, um, again, that's just what it's like being at that level. You know, you're going against the best of the best, and if you catch them on a time where they're on, um, you better, again, make sure to bring your A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever hit against Aroldis Chapman? Um, yes. So outside of this – you know, this, this past spring training, have a chance to get some live at bats against, against them. Um, faced him once in New York, I believe in 2019. Um, had one at bat, uh, struck out. So <laughs> that's how that went. But uh, no, he's, he's one of the best. Uh, definitely an intimidating and, and imposing factor um, when he's on that mound. And um, just with his stature and obviously with, you know, his arsenal and the stuff that he has, his velo and things of that nature. So um, uh, even though it was a strikeout, I think I'm still grateful for having that experience and just being able to be in the box against it and kind of see how I matched up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's throwing down one Oh two on a regular basis. It's, in, it's insane. I couldn't imagine hitting against that, but, um, I'm gonna have to wrap this thing up, but hey, thank you again for, for coming on and taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, and good luck going forward, uh, the rest of the season. I appreciate that. Yep, stay safe.